For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, Stitcher, luminary, and tune in. You can also find us at believe.com and at believe podcasts on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new episode of the Carolina Panthers podcast here on the believe podcast network, believe in Carolina Panthers. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Panthers great Jonathan Stewart and from Sports Illustrated, Skylar Callahan. You can catch us not once, but twice a week now that the season is ongoing uh, every Monday and Thursday. Monday, we'll uh, react to the Panthers' previous game. Thursday, we'll give you a preview of the Panthers' upcoming game, plus give you news and notes from around the league and what's going on over in Charlotte throughout the course of the week. Um, guys, we had week one. We talked about it for months. It's finally come and gone. Carolina Panthers start off 0 and 0, well, 0 and 1 with a 26 to 24 thriller against the Cleveland Browns that came down to a, uh, if you ask the Panthers, controversial uh, last stand there by the Cleveland Browns with a minute to go there. We'll, we'll get into that here in just a sec. Um, before we do all that, and we'll go around the league as well, a bunch of different storylines that came out of yesterday's games. Before we do that, though, a quick word from our buddies over at Bet Online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head over to Bet Online today to use your or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty. That's B L E A V five zero. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts and where our podcast starts today. Guys, let's just open it up for discussion here. Overreaction Monday, we'll get to for around the league uh, in just a bit. But uh, first thoughts on this 26 to 24 loss for the Panthers to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Stu, I'm just going to start with you, man. What are your thoughts coming away from this uh, this contest? Um. We better figure out how to stop the run and stop it quick. Yes. Um, now, do you think do you think that's because it was Cleveland? Because Cleveland was the top rushing team in the league last year. Do you think that that was more them, or do you think it's a serious problem with us? I think we had problems last year, and I think we didn't address accordingly. <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> Yesterday I was at the game, and I legit saw every run play just open like an open book, like like water coming out of a, a can or a bottle. That's exactly how the running lanes were for the Cleveland Browns. 
And yeah, we had some stops here and there, you know, chess match or whatever. But whenever they really wanted to run their go-to plays, they were able to run those. Yeah, that's a good point. That it felt like the battle up front, the offensive line from Cleveland, they kind of dictated this game. It felt like they were kind of bullying around the defensive line for the Panthers. And another thing too, I know is talking about the run game. How many times did we see dudes bounce off of Nick Chubb like all yeah. day? <laughs> it felt yeah. like the first guy that arrived there was not going to tackle him. Like it, it, yeah. I started thinking that third quarter, like whoever gets there first, he better hold on for a couple other people to get there because he's just running. Through. And the there's like there's like a give and take there, right? Yeah, everyone's a pro out there, and you expect, hey, you're getting paid to tackle Nick Chubb today. We know yeah. Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb, one of the best runners. Uh, to put on the you know uniform at this point um, mm-hmm. that we've all seen. So, but that's a challenge that you have to, you know, take upon yourself and take pride in. You know, you grown, you're a grown man, and you playing linebacker. You need to come up there with your hat and lay it on. Chubb finished 22 carries, 141 yards uh, on the day. The Browns actually rushed for. 217 yards on 39 attempts. Good Lord, they 5.6 <laughs> yards a carry yeah. <laughs> yesterday. So that yeah. kind of tells the story right there. It just felt like they controlled it. But having said all that, it, it it's amazing. Well, maybe not amazing, but the Panthers weren't. It didn't feel like they were completely out of it. Although it did feel like you know they should, the Browns should have put 30 points on the board uh, going yeah. into halftime. Skyler, yeah, they, they, they were one for four. You know, as far as the red zone goes, you know they. The, the defense yeah. did get stout when they got closer to the red zone. Um, and that's something that you can hang your head on and go to sleep that night. Yeah, because it could have been a lot worse than what it was. And it did set up that fourth quarter uh, where it, it's like the offense. I got bone to pick with Ben McAdoo, but we'll get to me in a second. Skyler, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what, uh, what was your initial reaction um, on this week one contest, uh, Browns and Panthers? You know, it was a mixed bag, just kind of like the game, really. I mean, defensively, like Stu hit it on, on you know, right on, on it. I mean, the way that that defense played really throughout much of the game was just almost uninspiring. And you you knew going into this game, right, like that was the way they were going to win this game is they were going to run the ball, and Jacoby Brissett just couldn't lose in the game, couldn't make bad decisions, couldn't throw uh, into tight windows, force things. And he did exactly what he was supposed to do. And Phil Snow talked about it all week last week leading up to it. To tackle Nick Chubb, you have to tackle him in numbers. You can't tackle him one-on-one in space. You can't arm tackle him. You, there is a certain way you got to tackle Nick Chubb, and that's gang tackle. They didn't do much of that. And I, I don't know what the yards were after contact. I don't have it in front of me. I, I was trying to, to sift through here, but it had to have been a ton. Um, Matt Rule said that as a team – that they had 17 missed tackles that equated to about 190 yards. That's, that is <laughs> That's the whole game right there. 17 missed tackles. And I believe it was one of my keys of the game last week was tackling because we all know tackling is is kind of a a rough spot usually this first couple of games. But yeah. That, yeah. that's a whole nother level. I did not expect that bad of a defensive performance. But I will say this. Everybody's already out there talking about Matt Rule needs to be fired and all this other crap. We we went through this almost every week last week after the really on the show. <laughs> so Stu, you're you're gonna get a good taste of that. But um, it, but I but I will say this: 
the way they started shouldn't indicate how this team is going to play the rest of the year because I think what we saw in the second half is probably closer to what we'll see. And it might be a little bit of both. But the way that they fought back from down two scores late in the game, that's got to give you some hope, right? I mean, the yeah. defense started playing well. The offense clicked. And it's going to take time. You know, Baker's only been in this program for two months now. They're, they're going to take some time before you really start to see that offense clicking. I think it, I think they're okay. Now, if they don't go to New York and get things figured out, it's going to get very, very interesting because of that schedule that's after that. It, it's going to get really, really tough. you got the Bucks, the Rams, the Niners, the Cardinals. So the Saints, I think, is in there as well, week three. So you've yeah. got it. Got it. <laughs> Um, all of that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just so much from my mind. It's crazy because when I woke up this morning, usually the fandom in me, when I wake up on a a, a losing Monday for the Panthers, I kind of got like a funk going on. It, it, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to be around people. I didn't really wake up that way this morning, and I didn't feel that way after the game was over yesterday. Are you not good, maybe? Or <laughs> I just—I don't know. It's just—I don't know. Just and when it's a Panther victory Monday, it's like a whole vibe. Like you going yeah. to work, you go to wherever, you seeing people in the street wearing the shirts. You, you know, giving high five and hey, yeah. We haven't had one of those victory Mondays in like what, like ten straight weeks or something like that. Of playing like yeah. we Wolves lost like the past ten games that he's coached. Um, I have a bone to pick with offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo. Uh, I, I was actually tell us why. The tell us why. Tell us why. Why in the world did y'all bubble wrap Christian McCaffrey for the whole preseason <laughs> and then get to week one and forget he's on the team? Like, they didn't even try to run the football in the first half. And, like, yeah. it, it, I don't understand it if they were down, like, multiple scores or something like that. They were kind of six points, 13 points behind the whole game. It was never a situation where they felt like they were so far behind they had to throw it. It kind of felt like Ben McAdoo was trying to show off Baker Mayfield against his former team when, yeah. in actuality – your two best players are Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, and you ignored them both for an entire half and spotted Cleveland points. Uh, it just it didn't make any sense. It's like they changed it around in the second half. Kudos to them for recognizing that because previously, like the first year of Matt Rule being here, they wouldn't really make those adjustments. They would just keep banking their head against the wall with whatever they had planned for the beginning of the game. And they did start to go more vertical down the field and let Baker loose a little bit with his arm. And, oh, lo and behold, hey, Christian McCaffrey's back here. Let's start handing the ball to him and see what happens. Like, every time the dude touched the ball, it felt like something good happened. Yeah. Give him four. <laughs> you just paid him a bag. What are you doing? Like, who are you saving him for? Like, Rule did say something about, like, they the reason why he didn't have very many touches in the first half was a lot because they are playing behind the change, which is true. But I want to go back and see how many of those were first down runs because I don't think that they Mm-mm. more than two at most. And I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to buy that uh, excuse yeah. from Matt Rule because in that game they ran Christian McCaffrey in the second half on a third and eight and he picked it up. Yeah. So that just that don't make any sense, Matt Rule. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're willing to do that there when you're behind the most you've been in this game, but you didn't want to do it in the first half when it was still. Seven to zero. What's your what's your thoughts, uh, Desmond, on the play calling towards the end of the game when we settled yes. for that field goal? Yes. Because we definitely got down there in the red zone and yeah. we went fumble exchange on, on the center center quarterback exchange, which that's something to talk about. We can't have was, those. There was like four of those, yeah. Um, and that's understood. Like we don't have to talk about it. So, um, but like <laughs> you know, second down, third down, Christian McCaffrey up the gut. You're in a red zone. This is an opportunity 
to me, if I'm an offensive coordinator, this is what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, run the basics. Keep the format, you know, the formalities going through through your players. Get the confidence going, Baker. But when the game is on the line, you got to answer the bell. And so I feel like that was a missed opportunity that no one's going to talk about as far as losing this game. We really should have attacked at that moment. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, it felt like they were on one playing hand, not to win. They were playing not, yeah, to, not lose. to lose. Yeah, I, I, on one hand, I understand it because if you go up one in the NFL with a minute left, in theory, you should probably win that game. But then a, a series of uh, comedic mishaps happen right after that. Where yeah. I, I was talking to a friend of mine on uh, Facebook last night, and he was like, "Well, they lost because they gave up 200 yards, blah blah blah, rushing and all this other stuff." Like, actually, technically, they overcame all that. So you can't really say yeah. that they lost because of that. What happened in the last minute of the game is what lost the game for the Panthers. They, the, they, they go, so they go up one. Mm-hmm. What happens next? The kicker kicks the ball out of bounds on the kickoff. So you're putting the Browns on the 40-yard line to begin with. So they only need really 40 yeah. yards to get in field goal range. The, um, the roughing the passer penalty on Brian Burns, which, I mean, it's getting to the it point where you can't, you can't even breathe on these quarterbacks yeah. anymore. It didn't even look like you really hit them. Uh, the tackle I, got beat so bad that his yeah, booty pushed into him. Yeah. Like, yeah, his booty bumped into his quarterback and messed him all up. Called a rough <laughs> that, that gives him another 15 yards. So you're already so at that point, Jacoby Brissett just basically needs to drive them 25 yards to get them near where they need to be, which they they did. And yeah. then the the uh, the 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 fake spike. Like yeah, saying so that happened Jacoby there. Jacoby Brissett was about to throw a smoke route, by the way. Uh-huh. I just want you to know. That's what it looked like. He came out there and he was about to do a football. He had a little football move and then th- decided to, oh, let me just. Uh huh. And that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, illegal Jacoby Brissett. And the refs knew it. They all threw the flag. Yeah. And then they all talked about it. It's like, mm, let's, just, yeah, let's just. I like the Browns. You like the Browns? You like the yeah, Browns? Like the Browns, Browns too. Yeah, I'm a Trump right, fan. Check clear. It's good. Let's go. <laughs> so, I mean, that all that led to that field goal, and even with that, it took a 58 yard field goal to win it. And like, right, I, well, want people, I want people at home to understand a 58 yard field goal is very hard, <laughs> it's a very hard kick. And to do that, and he was a rookie at that. I mean, it's the first legitimate kick he's probably had in his career. So, I, I couldn't be when the game was over, I couldn't be too mad about all that because some of that yeah. it did. I'm not the type of person that'll come on here and blame refs on a game, regardless of the sport. I try not to be that person. But yesterday, it was really hard. Like, it it felt like they determined the game on that last drive where they just called the fake uh, spike or whatever. It's a 10-second runoff. It would have left them with a couple seconds, and uh, they would have been pushed back, and they wouldn't have been in field goal range. So, I mean, that kind of – I understand why the players and Matt Rule are upset about that no call or, well, the call, and then they pick the flag back up. Yeah. I want to ask you this. That third down play, the RPO, is that is that too conservative of a play? Because I mean, I guess in a certain mindset, I understand having the option to run because you don't want a, an opportunity for a sack and then have your brand new kicker kicking from even further back. But at the same time, do you just roll the dice and take that chance? Because to me, I think you take the RPO element out of it and you just you go five wide and try and spread the field. I mean, am I wrong there? Or do you think the RPO is a smart play? Stupid. I think you. I think it, I think you definitely spread the field. It's right now we have an. Uh, we have to figure out our identity. What type yeah. of team are you going to be? Right. 
We don't know that. We haven't known that for some time now. That's so the frustrating off- thing. Because Rule, Rule said what he wants it to be. He wants to be yeah. a run first team. But I don't. Right. I never see them running first. Right. But it can be the element of run, pass, whatever you're going to do, you're going to be either passive or you're going to attack. You know what I'm saying? Are you going to wait till you're down to score or are you just going to go out there and just do your thing? Like, hey, this is what we are. This, our game plan this week is, Christian, get ready to tote the rock. Okay, we're going to need you to tote the rock this week. So you go into that game, you tote the rock. Hey, Christian, this week you're going to be splitting some time. You you, and the backups, y'all be ready. Running back by committee. We're going to put you in a slot and do some tricky things this week. Like, like just have some type of plan because it just looks like they didn't have a plan in yeah. place. Or at least a follow the plan. Yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe – Maybe they had a plan, but the execution, the lack thereof, of certain elements of their plan kind of threw them off their rails of whatever it is that they wanted to do. I, I almost um, hope they didn't have a plan because if they had a plan and that plan was to attack the Cleveland secondary, that probably wasn't going to work because the Cleveland secondary is one of the top secondaries in the league too. So, I mean, it, yeah. I just didn't understand the whole we've been doing all this to make sure we can have Christian McCaffrey week one and then just ignoring him. Like, they just yeah. didn't try to get – there was nothing planned to put your best player in position to help you win until you needed him in the second half. And even then, it was like um, like the play where Baker muffed the uh, the snap and Christian picked it up off the ground and took <laughs> off running. That was, <laughs> that we was, that was actually kind of hot. I was like, hey, y'all need to design that play again or something because – That changed the whole tempo of the game right there. It too. did. It did. between. Like, oh. Was out there, you know. Oh, there he is right there. But like every time he would flash, you were like, That's why I like Christian McCaffrey. That's why I love the dude because of this kind of stuff. I would imagine this is getting talked about in the locker room in Carolina. Hey, we got to start using CMC. We got him here. Like, let's do this. Yeah. I went, I saw this online. Uh, the Panthers' next eight opponents uh, and their rushing totals. <laughs> Uh, from yeah. this past uh, this past Sunday, yep. so, at New York Giants, they rushed for two hundred and eighty yards. <laughs> How much? Two hundred and thirty-eight. Well, uh, the return of Saquon Barkley, like my yeah. man is back. Uh, yeah, we got him next week. Uh, after that, I think this is the looks like it's the Saints. One hundred and fifty-one yards they rushed for. Arizona rushed for one hundred three. Uh, San Francisco rushed for one seventy-six. Uh, the Rams rushed for fifty-two, but they were playing the Bills, so. That tells you there. Uh, they were the number one defense in the league last year. Uh, Tampa Bay, <laughs> Tampa Bay rushed for 155 yards in the fourth quarter, fourth uh, quarter. against Dallas. Um, yeah. And then at Atlanta, they rushed for 207, uh, and Cincinnati 133. So, you know what that uh, tells me? Like a lot of people missing a lot of tackles. Out yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good backs in this stretch. You're going to face Barkley, Kamara. I mean, a, a ton of guys. Don't get me wrong. Debo. That's a lot of bad defense. And I and I yeah. watched some of those games yesterday. Dallas, that game was – like the fourth quarter, like you said, I knew it had to have been over 100 because it just seemed like they were gashing them left and right. Um, the, the Tennessee defense, Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute stud. I don't know if you guys have watched him much, but he's an absolute freak up front. Outside of that, Tennessee has nobody. Like, yeah. we're overplaying everything, taking bad angles. Bad gap discipline, like it was just a mess. So, like, 
I don't know if I would be freaking out, but from what I saw from Carolina, which is really what matters, that's the part that makes you a little concerned because there was just a whole bunch of miss miss cycles. Wrap up. Wrap up. Yeah, time time of possession is is a huge factor when you're playing a team that likes to run the ball. If you have more time with the ball against a running team, you're going to win. So they kicked our butts in that department. So what do they have like 50 plays? Yeah, uh, I'm looking at it now. Uh, yeah, we only had 50 plays. Cleveland had 74. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, they averaged. And what that and what that says to me about our fourth fourth quarter play and how we were able to you know take advantage of blown coverages and whatnot. Um, what that says to me though is we were supposed to win that game on paper. Yep. Yeah, like this to win. We just paper. didn't. <laughs> and that's that the story of the, of the Matt Rule Carolina Panthers for the past. How many games have we talked about, Skyler, over the past year or two where they should have won it, but something happened at the end and they just didn't win it? And we've been waiting for this team to kind of get over that that hurdle of winning close games. And I thought yesterday, okay, they finally figured this out. That's why I wasn't too mad when I saw what they were doing, running the football, keeping the clock run. They were trying to get the clock down so that you know they wouldn't have enough time to really get down there. That kick out of bounds really messed up everything. When when the yeah. kicker kicked the ball out of bounds and they started on the forty instead of the twenty, that kind of probably changed defensively what they were going to do. And then I'm just sitting there looking at these stats. We actually, well, they didn't really try, but passing wise, they only passed for 138 yards, like less than four yards an attempt. He managed the game really well. I mean, you know, but they didn't need it. <laughs> That's the problem. They didn't need it because they they rushed for. 217 yards on 39 attempts. Like they can't, when you see a team with 39 rushing attempts in today's NFL, that's a team that came in there knowing who they are to Stu's point. They knew they were going to run this ball. They were going to protect Jacoby Brissett. We should have been doing the same thing for Baker, but it, again, it felt like they were trying to show Baker off. Showcase, yeah. And, and it just, they were in and out, in and out, in and out. Plus it's 80 something degrees on the field. You got your defense out there with yeah. the sun right above them. You could tell the defense was getting tired and getting hot while they were out there trying to deal with Jacqueline and Nick Chubb. <laughs> I mean, like, over and over. And then you throw in Kareem Hunt. It just – there's things I saw. I'm like, okay, things can be fixed. Uh, the pass interference on um, – what was it, C.J. Henderson, where he basically uh, tackled a dude around the neck in the end zone. Oh, man, panicked, my man. Yeah, panicked. like, he literally – all you had to do was turn around. Like, literally, all you had to do was turn around, and the ball was going to hit him. But uh, – by tackling and, him and just trust your trust your safety help over the top that he'll be there too sometimes yeah. you know stuff like that um, that led to a touchdown so I mean that's yeah. stuff that can easily be you know corrected so yeah. that, I left the game not really feeling like oh man this is a hot mess like two years ago whenever we lose something like this I'm like I don't know what they can do to fix this but yeah. I didn't feel like that leaving the game yesterday but I think it's because we saw adjustments being made and them executing they, they we saw execution yesterday in parts of the game. And that's, at the end of the day, first game, down in the books, we can take that. I'm going to take that, and I'm going to lean on it, and I'm going to hope that this week they go to the you know the drawing board and, and just work out the kinks and just get comfortable in the things that they want to do this week and go do it. I, 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 yeah. I think you can make the argument, had the game been flipped and they came out to a hot start and then fizzled out, I think a lot of people would be concerned right now. But I think yeah. they figured it out as the game went on, it's kind of encouraged. That's, that's what happened last year. year. That's usually what would happen last year. They would get on yeah. somebody early, and then they wouldn't make adjustments when the other team did coming out of halftime. 
and they would lose a game at the end. Like the, you rarely see blowouts in the NFL. Because how many yeah. times last year did we talk about a scoreless third quarter? Yeah, where they just did nothing in the third quarter and let the other team back in. So unless you're playing the Chiefs, you're probably not going to experience a blowout this year because I, I I don't know what uh, <laughs> I don't know what you can do to stop the Chiefs right now if, yeah, if they're going to play Chiefs, like that all year. That's... The Chiefs look like they out there playing backyard football. Yeah, right? <laughs> almost and, like, and you do it's this, almost worse. And you do this, and then. And then tight end, you go up the middle, and then you do a jumping jack, and then that's when I'll know I'll show it to you. I feel I fear that that the worst thing that could happen was Tyree Kill leaving because I feel like he was a crutch for Pat Mahomes, yeah. you know. And now Which he's was gone. Probably in the meeting room, throw it to me. Why didn't you throw it to me? You ever see the movie Little Giants where the kid just like, all right, I got to play. He's like, everybody just running circles. And yeah. I feel like, because it doesn't matter what route they run, they're going to go off off script. Like, yep. yeah, it's, and they're so good at it. Uh, that's a good segue to get to around the league. We'll give a preview of Panthers versus Giants later on this week. Uh, that you'll be able to catch on the Believe uh, the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, though, guys, give me the one thing that stood out in your mind from the games you saw around the league uh, uh, yesterday in terms of just the first thing besides Panther related that stuck out that stood out to you uh, yesterday. Uh, Stu, you want to go? Um, shame on me for talking bad about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. <laughs> I know this. I know it's early. I know it's an early reaction and all that, but I apologize. Um, my man is the goat for a reason, fella. And 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 it wasn't because I thought he was going to play bad this year. I just didn't know if his team would rally the way they should around him. We have legit based off of the turn, just based off the turn of events, you know, that's not, you know, the news and all that. But my man is, he's a goat, man. And and just watching him come out the tunnel, with, you know, the all whites on his, on his, on his shoes, like, he's fresh. So I apologize. <laughs> um, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, help, he needs help. Yeah, somebody help, said help, please. Help him, <laughs> please. Aaron Rodgers, if you need me to come help you, block. <laughs> I he might be able to killed. help you. He was getting killed out there yesterday. He's out there getting murdered. Boy, I don't know what you got going on. And, but he don't. He don't have the poker face either. Like he, you can see in his face when he's not enjoying himself on a Sunday, and he did yeah. not enjoy himself. That one play, the dude was wide open, way down the field, and he, I mean, it's right on his hands, and he drops it. And Aaron Rodgers just gives this look of just utter disgust. Yeah, and they were dropping it all day. Um, I had I had Green Bay written down here on my list. Skyler, uh, give me around the league over overreaction Monday. What's something you saw? You're just like, oh, you know, you guys know who I picked to win the NFC North, right? Remember, you picked Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it a step further. Minnesota's going to the Super Bowl. Oh. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Wow. Right. You reaction one day. I'm going to give it to you. Kirk wow. Cousins is going to take him to the Super Bowl. Wow. I mean, listen, <laughs> I, know, I know it's week one, but, man, like, you look around the NFC and outside of the Bucks, like, who who is there and what other team is, is are they to be afraid of? They have literally every piece that you could want. Their offense is stacked. 
Uh, I, mean, I don't know how they got Justin Jefferson. Like, Justin I don't know Jefferson is just amazing, bro. Why were they not guarding him? Like it felt like the Packers <laughs> were playing zone or something, and they just were like they were intent on dissing Justin Jefferson. Like you are not good. We are not going to guard you. And there was times this dude was just running across the field. There's no one within like ten yards of him, and he's looking around like there's supposed to be somebody on me, and there's nobody here. So you know, I saw things today that. The, the the pick that Minnesota received in the Stephon Diggs trade was the one that they used to select Jefferson. How crazy is that? Wow. wow. Both teams. That worked out for both teams. That yeah. perfectly for that. Like, that's so crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Minnesota, Super Bowl prediction. I, I think they'll make it. Um, the other thing I want to say is how in the heck did the San Francisco 49ers lose to the Chicago Bears? That field was a mess. I mean, that's, that's a mess. But isn't that their, their calling cards to run the football? Like, yeah. you would think that they would be okay. Like, sometimes they did run it. They had sometimes. 170 yards. Yeah. Did they? Okay, maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Did they have the Bears won that game. Yeah, Bears won that game. Uh, yeah, you were right. 176 yards. So you run for 176 yards and have 10 points. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah that's a big problem. Um, I Two things. Uh, I said it a couple minutes ago. Pat Mahomes no longer has a crutch. I'm beginning to think that Tyrone, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, was kind of a way to 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 hinder him in terms of his growth. Because whenever he got in trouble, he could just throw it deep and just hope that Hill got underneath it. And so many times Hill would just do that move. He'd go down 50 yards, 60 yards, and come back for whatever he just heaved after he ran around and you know <laughs> in the backfield for eight seconds. He just throws it down the field. Hill catches it. That's how they won a Super Bowl, you know, like off of that. And with him gone, I think it's forced Mahomes to have an offseason where, keep in mind, they have, no one's had a regular offseason for two offseasons. So even Mahomes, we kind of crowned him, but he's still so young. What is he, like 25, 26, something like that? So, I mean, yeah. he's still growing. And now with Hill gone, now he really has to go through progressions and really learn this offense. And remember, this is a guy that said that he never really knew how to, you know, run plays or offense or whatever. He didn't know how to call that kind of stuff or read defenses, you know, his first year in the league. Like, he was basically playing backyard ball, and it showed. Yeah. Um, yeah. He went 30 for 37, I believe, 300-something yards, five touchdowns. Uh, Kansas City might be playing those Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl. Um, out of all the AFC teams other than Buffalo, I thought Kansas City, that seems like a collision course. It's going to be Kansas City and Buffalo in the end in the AFC. Uh so this all this talk about the AFC West being the, the best division, all that stuff, I don't know if that matters. Uh, I think the Chiefs might be a step ahead of the other three teams in that league or in that division overreaction Monday. Uh, and then the Dallas Cowboys are in trouble. Like, mm. they are in serious trouble. Because they, they were in trouble. Trouble. They, like, they, they already took away a bunch of Dak's toys to begin with. So I was already thinking, well, how are they going to score? They were the number one scoring offense last year, and they took away – they didn't sign Amari Cooper – uh, they lost the left tackle, like all this stuff. You lose Dak Prescott, and Cooper Rush is your backup quarterback. Uh, Cam Newton, if you were sitting by your phone right now, I would sit by your phone. If you're not, just sit by the phone for a day or two because I think Jerry Jones is going to call you and be like, hey, man, look here. I got some money. We got a great facility. That's <laughs> out for weeks. I got toys for you to play with. I got a running game. I got a line for you. You never had an offensive line before. Come on down here and bounce this. <laughs> I, I'm really like, who else is out there for them to sign? Like, they, they cannot. Population will just destroy itself if they go through eight weeks of Cooper Rush being the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it just something's got to happen. Maybe Jimmy G, 
Maybe that's an option. They trade for him. I, why, I don't know. Why why rush why isn't rush not a good good option for him? I just don't I don't buy that brand. Like I'm not buying the brand they're gonna try to sell me in the next like couple jersey, weeks. Huh? You're not buying nah, man, you're I, can't, I can't rock around the Cooper Rush. Now watch I say that and watch Cooper Rush become the hottest thing in professional football over the next like five weeks. He's gonna come out like owner style and just like just obliterate like everybody. <laughs> you hey know? Jerry Jones, if you out there and you're looking for a quarterback, go ahead and call Cam Newton up. <laughs> just do it. He's, he's it, waiting man. on you. He's waiting on you. Go he's ahead and get him. On you. He's working out. He always work out. Like he's ready. He can still run. Yeah, he can still run. You got uh, Zeke looked okay on Sunday night. Zeke, and right. Zeke back there. Ooh, that's going to be that fantastic. Be kind of fun to watch. Yeah. So he's been waiting for the perfect opportunity. I mean, that's we we spot. mentioned the Cowboys last year. Like be yeah. Dak's backup. That was one of the places we were like that would probably be an okay place for him to go because if Dak gets hurt, you're now the quarterback of America's team. Like that's a yeah. different vibe altogether and with Cam's personality in Dallas oh, yeah. make, just off endorsements would be enough alone for him to even entertain Texas, Texas might have an earthquake <laughs> man that would be wild you know all of a sudden <laughs> Dallas, they're already on TV enough as is but all of a sudden God, they're going to be all over the, all these primetime games and stuff and so, hey man you know, we got that Cam Newton guy out here man we got to go watch <laughs> Dallas Cowboys <laughs> I can't like him a lot. Well, we don't need Dak anymore. That's that's what ends up happening. Like we don't need Dak anymore. Well, we don't so. need Dak anymore. We got Cam Newton. <laughs> the How Cowboys about the in trouble. <laughs> and oh. the Packers are seriously in trouble because I think a lot of the national media were still picking the the Packers to be a Super Bowl contender off of their defense, and oh, Minnesota man. blew that up yesterday. Like that defense oh, yeah, yeah. is not. Well, again, we talked about it earlier. These defenses aren't tackling right. They're you could tell a lot of these first string guys didn't play in the preseason. Uh, that'll probably self-correct itself over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But that's my my first two is that the Cowboys are in trouble. The Packers are in serious trouble because uh, Aaron Rodgers can't look for a, a wide receiver anytime soon. He's got what he's got. I think uh, Lazard comes back in the next week or two, but that ain't enough. Uh, yeah. So, Oh, yeah. Shout out to Trubisky, man. Mitch. Steelers, man. Yes, sir. Man, that they was a wild game. They didn't want a football game with Trubisky. Yeah, See, that's another. That's another of my bad. Okay, I was talking junk about Trubisky, saying he wasn't gonna win. Now, granted, they that did try to lose the game. They, they, they tried they, to lose it a couple of they times. They tried to, but they didn't lose. Okay, <laughs> they didn't lose. Okay. Mike Tomlin finds a way. Mike Tomlin, yeah, Mike Mike Tomlin, Tomlin is. If Mike Tomlin has a winning season this year, he's the goat. We said it. Goat. Yeah, we he, said uh, he's the goat over my man in New England. What's now they did. They did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did say TJ walked out uh, with a pec injury. Uh, I didn't catch what if he needs surgery or not. So that that'd be a huge loss for. Uh, okay, for too. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> but for all the Panther fans out there, as we get out of here, we'll be back next Thursday. We'll walk away from the ledge. It's okay. It's week one. We got plenty of positives here that we got to work with. Just calm down. Matt Rule's not going anywhere between now and Sunday. So get off the whole Matt Rule needs to be fired thing. Yeah, uh, stay off that. Yeah, we don't need to hear any of that right now. The Support the man. right now has to be – we have to be focused. <laughs> Support Everyone man. needs to be focused. Yeah. They were wait- those are the ones that were waiting on something to say about Matt Roll, to be honest. Those are the ones that have been wanting to fire him for the past year and a half. Those so, are the people man. that need to go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, we're going we're gonna to hop out of here. We'll be back Thursday uh, with a preview. Panthers, Giants, Saquon Barkley – uh, coming, well, us going to go see him. 
definitely. Another one, but maybe I put the you know the work hats on, get the lunch pails, and just get after it. So for Jonathan Stewart, for Skylar Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast uh, for Monday, September the 12th, 2022. Keep counting. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.